0: This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. Good morning. Welcome to the Lord's house and welcome to worship on this third Sunday in the Advent season. The Lord Jesus addresses our expectations of him. And that's especially true when things don't go the way that we had anticipated in life. May we always go back to him, to his word, to his promises so that our expectations are in line with what his word tells us. Today's Gospel, reading the words of our sermon text this morning, Matthew chapter 11, verses 2 through 11. While John, that is John the Baptist, was in prison, he heard about the things Christ was doing. He sent two of his disciples to ask him, are you the coming one, or should we wait for someone else? Jesus answered them, go report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk. Those who have leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the gospel is preached to the poor. Blessed is the one who does not take offense at me. As these two were leaving, Jesus began to talk to the crowds about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see, a a reed shaken by the wind? What did you go out to see, a man dressed in soft clothing? No, those who wear soft clothing are in king's houses. So what did you go out to see, a a prophet? Yes, I tell you, and he is much more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written, look, I am sending my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way before you. Amen, I tell you, among those born of women, there has not appeared anyone greater than John the Baptist. Yet, whoever is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he, the gospel of our Lord. How great is the love that the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. Amen. Dear friends in Christ, expectations. We all have expectations in life, I think sometimes more than we may even realize we have certain expectations for instance about the vehicles that we drive i'll put gas in it i'll change the oil i'll make sure that there's air in the tires and i expect that vehicle to get me where i need to go until it doesn't the engine makes an awful noise the car quits running altogether and we look at that vehicle we think how dare you you're not meeting my expectations Today, I'd like to help you to think about the expectations that you have of the Lord Jesus Christ. More pointedly, I want to help you think about what happens when Jesus isn't meeting your expectations of him. That's what happened here in our text this morning. And it teaches us an important lesson that when Jesus isn't meeting our expectations in life, the solution is not to walk away from Jesus. And the solution is not to expect him to change. He's the Lord who does not change. The solution, rather, is to adjust our expectations of Jesus. When when Jesus doesn't seem to be meeting our expectations, then it is time for us to say to our expectations, expectations meet Jesus. We'll talk about something unexpected. It's shocking to find what we read in the opening part of our text today that John the Baptist, God's hand-picked prophet, the one whom the Lord had chosen to be the forerunner of the Christ, to go and, and preach and prepare God's people for the coming of the Messiah, John the Baptist sends a couple of his disciples to ask Jesus a question, are you the coming one? Or should we wait for someone else? Are you it, Jesus, or maybe not? Well, first of all, there's an open question here in this text. Was John himself having a crisis of faith? So he sends his disciples to go to Jesus to ask him what Jesus would have to say? Or was it John's disciples that are having a crisis of faith and instead of just answering them, John decides to send them back to the source, back to Jesus, to get their answers? The scriptures don't tell us which it was. But the fact that this report was first delivered to John and that then John sends his disciples to Jesus and has them report back to him would suggest perhaps that it was both, that perhaps John and his disciples were all struggling with some doubts and confusions about Jesus. But wait a minute. John the Baptist? Having doubts about Jesus? Jesus? John the Baptist, the the hand-picked forerunner of the Messiah whom Jesus defends in our text as the greatest among those born of women, as as one who is much more than a prophet. John the Baptist is having doubts, the one who baptized Jesus in the Jordan River, who who saw the heavens open and the Holy Spirit coming down and descending on Jesus in the form of a dove, who heard that Father's voice from the heavens saying, "'This is my Son, whom I love, with whom I am well pleased.'" That John the Baptist isn't sure if Jesus is really the one? What gives? Well, you don't have to read much further than the very first sentence of our text to answer that question. It says, John was in prison. His crime... Well, we come to find from the Bible that John had gone to King Herod to confront him with a sin that he had committed. Herod had taken the wife of his own brother to be his own. And when John called him out for that sin, trying to lead him to repentance, Herod responded by having John thrown in prison. So there sat John in his prison cell, fully aware of the fact that he may never see the light of day again. He didn't. And then Matthew here adds the fact that while he was sitting in his cell, John heard about the things that Christ was doing. Remember some of the things that we heard in our gospel reading last Sunday morning? That John was was confronting the crowds about their sin, calling them to repent. Remember him saying, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? John's mission was essentially to tell people, repent because Jesus is coming. And if you fail to repent, you will perish without him. His harsh clothing that Jesus referenced matched his harsh message. But instead, the reports start to trickle into John in his prison cell that Jesus is healing the lame and the sick, the deaf and the blind, raising the dead to life, that he's interacting with open sinners, with tax collectors, and people with poor reputations, and calling them to repentance and faith. And John is bothered. He seems disillusioned. Maybe he was thinking that if Jesus had come and had thundered with a little bit more law, that John wouldn't be sitting in prison. If if Jesus had come to put the fear of God in some more people, they wouldn't mess with his prophet. Or or maybe John is thinking, great, he's going around doing all kinds of miracles. How about another miracle, like springing me out of this prison cell? But still there John sat. And now it's getting worse. Now John's troubles are starting to lead him to doubt if Jesus really was the promised Christ, the Savior whom God had promised to send. And I suspect that he's wondering if he had been pointing all the crowds to the right one when he pointed at Jesus and said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus, are you the coming one or should we wait for someone else? Jesus wasn't living up to John's expectations. I mean, would the promised all-powerful Christ allow his premier prophet to sit rotting in a prison cell? Would he really let wickedness go unpunished? Jesus wasn't meeting John's expectations. What about us? Is it not true, at least to some degree, that we sometimes want a customized Christ? One whom we can mold and shape to be what we want him to be? One whom... We're certain is always going to meet the expectations that we have of him. And isn't isn't that even more true when we find ourselves struggling, locked up in some prison of trouble in life? When things aren't going so smoothly? When we're struggling because we're striving with all our spirit-given strength to carry out God's will, and yet we see so many people in our world today refusing to believe in any kind of God, let alone Jesus, thumbing their nose at God's word and will. And yet, they seem to go merrily, merrily through life. They have the world by a tail. And nothing seems to happen. And doubts start to creep in. Or how about when you're wrestling with some looming problem in life, or maybe it's in the life of someone whom you dearly love, and you have prayed, and you have prayed, and you have prayed, but nothing seems to change. And you begin to wonder, is anyone there? Is anyone listening? If God's really all-powerful, why isn't he doing what I've been asking him to do? When he allows that problem or that trouble to remain or, heaven forbid, to get even worse, and then disillusioned and angry, we start to wonder if it's all really worth it. And we're tempted to think that if Jesus isn't going to do what we ask him to do, what we expect him to do, then maybe it's time for us to cut ties with him altogether, or at least to pull back from our relationship with him and to start living life without him. Now maybe you're starting to get where John and or his disciples were coming from, right? Here's the blunt truth. When Jesus isn't meeting our expectations, isn't the real problem that we haven't met his holy expectations? That we've sinfully tried to reverse roles and have presumed to be our Lord's advisors instead of his humble servants? To admit that we don't know all things like he does and simply to bow to his holy will? Well, that's sin. When Jesus isn't meeting our expectations, isn't it because we have not always remembered and recalled what he has told us and he has promised us in his word of truth? Isn't it sometimes because we want to customize Christ who is there to meet our every whim and fancy, to serve as nothing more than a magic genie to bless us in the way that we tell him he has to bless us, and not so much as our great Redeemer who came not to make this world a better place in which to live, but to bless us with the perfect life that's still to come in heaven. What grace. What a blessing that we don't have a Christ who just washes his hands of us when we dare to take issue with him. Did you notice? John doesn't send Je- Je- Jesus doesn't send John's disciples back to him with a sharp rebuke. He doesn't say, you go tell John, how dare he question me or my plan or my purpose? You tell John to stay in his lane. He doesn't say that. Neither does he send us away when we have doubts and fears and confusion. What does he do? He reminded John and his disciples of what the scriptures said about this coming Messiah and his work so that they could adjust their expectations of him. And in the same way, he'll do that for us. When he leads us back into his word and his promises so that we can adjust our expectations and let them line up with what God's word tells us about this precious savior we so desperately need. What I'm saying is that when Jesus doesn't meet our expectations, then it's time for us believers to say expectations meet Jesus. Go into his word That's what happened here in our text. Jesus said, go report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the gospel is preached to the poor. Blessed is the one who does not take offense at me. He is pointing John and his disciples back to Isaiah chapter 35, the words that we heard in our first reading this morning. Jesus was saying, look, The very things that the Holy Scriptures prophesied about the coming Messiah, those are the things that I'm doing. If I'm not meeting your expectations, go back to the Word and adjust your expectations. Expectations meet Jesus. With all that he has done, with all that he would yet say and do, the stranglehold of sin and its consequences were being broken by the Savior's coming into this world. Yes, he was performing miracles, healing the lame, the sick, the blind, and the deaf, but the greatest miracle of all is that the gospel was being preached and hearts were being brought to faith. People were being cured of the leprosy of sin. They were being given eyes to see Jesus as the Lord and Savior that he is. They were giving He's giving them ears to hear, to believe, to trust the great promises of the gospel. Souls were being added into the kingdom of God. That's why Christ had come. Expectations meet Jesus. When we line our expectations of Jesus up with what the Word tells us that He came to do and to win for us, Jesus meets our expectations every single time. Let's mark this lesson well. When our Lord isn't meeting our expectations, when life's pains and troubles, have left us fearful or panicked or struggling or doubting or fuming, the solution is always, always, to go back to the words and promises of the Bible, to look at why Jesus came, to see Christ for us in the gospel, so that instead of being overwhelmed by all that's wrong in life, We find ourselves overwhelmed with all that's right in Christ and looking forward to heaven's unending joy and glory. See, Jesus is basically telling John here, yes, John, I understand why you're struggling. I really am the one. I am the Messiah. You're right to put your hope in me. And John, I know that life gets troublesome and difficult, but don't stumble over what you cannot understand. Just trust me. Blessed is the one who does not take offense at me. Cling to what you know about Jesus. He gives us the strength to endure, and he will never leave or forsake us. And there, even in that dark prison cell in your life, you will find eternal blessings of his kingdom. John, no earthly king, no earthly disaster can ever take that heaven away from you. Just trust in this one. Just like John and his disciples, friends, we will be blessed when we bring our doubts and pains and fears to Jesus. What the Bible says over and over again will someday be forever true, that those who put their trust in the Lord will never be put to shame. We don't need to stumble in our walk with Jesus when life gets hard, when it's just one problem after the next, when we feel like our faith isn't really making the difference that we envisioned, or even when death comes calling. We simply need to see this Savior in his word of truth and on the cross and walking out of the tomb alive and well, triumphant. We only need to see this Christ in heaven with that crown of glory ruling over us there in the heavens working all things together for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. We only need to see see this Jesus ruling in our hearts, this Christ who came for us, to rest assured that Jesus really is the one. So expectations meet Jesus. He always has been, and he always will be the one, our one, our life, and our salvation. Amen.